Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here today talking with Kit Mars from Western Alaska Minerals. Um, they have this really wonderful CRD uh, deposit or uh, exploration project up in Alaska. Um, and they've been announcing some pretty exciting drilling up there. It's a it's a high grade uh, silver zinc uh, lead deposit. It uh, last year they made this wonderful discovery hole that uh, the stock rallied I think like four hundred percent in a, in a short amount of time. And this year they've gone back and and done some drilling and did some confirmation drilling, some uh, infill drilling, and then uh, extensions of of the strike length, which has proven very fruitful. Uh, they just had a recent uh, release on that, um, and then they also just finished doing some fences in a uh, area called the Last Hurrah, which uh, where they've drilled before is the the Water Pump Creek where. You know, back of envelope, my kind of calculations were probably looking at they probably defined anywhere from 60 to 80 million uh, ounces of high grade uh, silver, silver equivalent. And then the last hurrah has the potential to be three, four times the size of Water Pump Creek. Uh, and yeah, so it's very exciting. So I've asked Kit to uh, give us a, a little more in depth and color on the recent news release. Uh, particularly the barbecue rock, which was uh, uh, an interesting term I, I hadn't really heard before. And Peter McGraw apparently came up with that. It's it's a very interesting uh, indicator of um, mineralization or the accumulation of, of metals uh, is, is close by. They saw the same thing at Water Pump Creek. Uh, and then within 30 meters of, of that area is where they hit that uh, really, really long and, and uh, high-grade zone. So, uh, hi, Kit. How are you? Well, good Good talking to you, Doc. And I'm uh, talking to you from our Alaska office in Taketan, Alaska. So it's good to be with you. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's nice to see you as well. So, so you've uh, uh, had some really interesting results. Um, so, how, how, what is the importance of this? I just want to go right to the barbecue rock because the last hurrah is, is a, is a pretty substantial target area, which could conceivably be what, three, four times the size of water pump creek, which is already a very, uh, what looks like a very, uh, large, uh, high grade accumulation of, uh, silver zinc lead. Um, so the barbecued rock, what does that all mean? Can you give me a kind of like a step-by-step -step of, of the program you ran there with the fences and then and what you're seeing? Yeah, sure. And first I'll say that uh, this area has been a target for many years since the original discovery by Anaconda Copper Company back in 1984. And, uh, and the, re the, the reason for the name The Last Raw is Anaconda developed a lot of soil anomalies and looked at the geology and this was going to be the next drilling area in 1985 but then the company was closed due to low oil prices and copper prices and it never got drilled so that's why that's why we're here today so the the barbecue rock is coined by uh, dr peter mcgaw who's best known as the founder of mag silver one of the great success stories of the last decade but but we in the geology business uh, look at Peter's really is really the world's leading expert in carbonate replacement deposits based on his PhD done at Santiulali and Chihuahua. So he has got 30, 40 years of, of 
thinking about all the issues, the mineralization, how it comes. So one thing he found a number of years ago in his work is putting a shortwave ultraviolet light on the uh, surface samples and then later on drill core and realize that you get this uh, very, very distinct uh, fluorescence, sometimes pink, sometimes orange. And it's it can be pervasive in the rock, but most of the time you see it in calcite veins that are cross-cutting the host rock. In this case, it's we have a dolomite that's white and uh, white carbonate veins that are coming off of the mineralization. And when you look at it in plain light, it's slightly altered. There's no mineralization. You can see it, it's sort of blah. And then you put the uh, UV light on it and it lights up. And the term came from, it, it looks like a as Peter would say, charcoal that's ready to put your steak on is barbecue. So that's where it came from. But it's a little bit of the background is when you form these deposits, you have uh, acid solutions carrying all the metals. They hit uh, dolomite, which is a carbonate. You have immediate reaction. The metals precipitate out. But the secret that Peter has learned and taught us in his short course is that you also have a a 20% volume reduction going from dolomite to massive sulfides because mm -hmm. the dense and that that allows the fluids to keep going along strike and create these very long deposits but also it's uh, there's a degassing effect so the carbonate gets released it's co2 it percolates up carries manganese with it coming out of the mineralization and that manganese lights up with the uv so it's a it's an indicator that only goes out 30 to 50 meters away from mineralization. After that, it dies off. So it does give you one of the few proximity indicators in this kind of deposit, which is uh, tough to explore. It takes a lot of drilling. So hopefully that, that captured the essence of what barbecue rock is. And with the water, water prop creek, uh... I'll call it an ore body at, at this point. Um, when you initially drilled there, this is the same process that you used in defining that there, where you drilled, you hit this zone, and then you stepped out, you know, 30 meters, 40 meters, put in a few fences, and then you hit, you know, the 100 meters of, you know, what is what over, you know, It's in the uh, 10 ounce per ton silver and 20, 25% combined lead zinc and yeah. the the whole what actually occurred and we were just very fortunate on timing uh we had peter McGon site um giving a short course to our geologic team including uh, sage langston stewart who's uh, does a great uh, video that there's a link in our news release i would urge everybody to click on it's only three and a half minutes and it's fun to listen to so while peter was on site he he said, okay, we're gonna bring UV shortwave UV lights in and I'll show you how it works. And we didn't know what, how effective it would be. Yeah. The core out on the table, Peter started showing, putting the light on it and lo and behold, it was very spectacular. And uh, we, that was whole, the best example that Sage talks about is whole 21. Mm -hmm. you know, um, very little mineralization that hole we stepped off 30 meters to hole 22 yeah. and hole 22 was last this is 22-22 so drilled last year yeah. and i don't remember i think it was in the 48 50 meters of very high grade one of our best intercepts so 
that's what gives us the confidence. So our plan right now is uh, our drill crews are on break. Uh, just heard from our contractor. They'll be back on site in about, uh, about a week, a little bit more. And so before the end of the month, we'll start drilling uh, three to four test holes around last draw 2305. And the goal there is, well, goal is always to hit mineralization, but uh, the goal is also to define the zone of barbecue rock alteration, get some better samples, and that allow us really to plan a, a major drilling program for next year. Right. And there is once you hit once you hit the massive sulfides, you can start to trace it, figure out is it going south, southeast, southwest, and uh, the structure is is three to four kilometers long. So it, you just look at what we have now at Water Pump Creek, which uh, hole 30 that was announced on Monday extended that from 450 meters to 495 meters. So that's the number that will, that's the dimensions that we'll be giving to our Bruce Davis and our resource uh, team. And they'll be starting in September to start to look at the data, the geostatistics, all the stuff that goes into block modeling and and they'll give us an answer sometime in the this winter uh, but that's four 495 meters long and we've got a three to four kilometer target that no guarantees it's all the same but there's there really should be a another couple water pump creek uh size mineral i can't use the word ore deposit like you yeah. can <laughs> yeah i know you call it mineralized rock yeah, mineralized rock. Yes, it's it's not officially a deposit yet until you put the uh, 43.1 on that, which uh, sounds like will be done sometime in the fourth quarter. It's interesting looking at statistically, though, um, Water Pump Creek itself, without even getting the last hurrah, when it stacks up against other world-class deposits, the average width is uh, about 22 meters, uh, and the average get grade in silver equivalent is uh, almost 800 grams per ton which is uh, right up there, actually beats a hell of a lot of the competition. I can only see, there's only one that is wider, but it's at 10% uh, of the grade. That would be uh, Newmont's uh, deposit. And then as far as uh, grade, there's a few others that are higher grade, but they are considerably narrower. So um, yes, it's, it's, it's looking very good, very good. Um, yeah, the width is is the width and the grade are really the the factors that I think uh, I would urge all investors to really look at. You can have some very high grade silver deposits in Mexico, but they're not to say they're bad, but they're a different mining situation. They're three, yeah. four meters, except for Peter Mag Silver's Wano CPO, which is yeah. both high grade and very thick mining, but when you have this 20, 20 meter thicknesses, 65, 70 feet for uh, the folks south of the border, mm. uh, you're into room and pillar mining, uh, long hole stoping mining, which yep. uh, haven't looked at that yet, but it's a, it's a good mining scenario underground, very stable yeah. rock. So we hope all that will roll up into an economic deposit for a, a mid-tier uh, producer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would imagine it'd be uh, low cost in comparison to others under the same scenario because you're going underground versus open pits. And because of the widths, there's not going to be a lot of dilution or waste 
waste rock generated, long hole stoping, a very inexpensive mining method. Um, and uh, yeah, so it uh, and scale, like uh, even now, you know, in my back of envelope, you know, you know, 60 to 80 million ounces at, at, at these grades, um, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And uh, the potential of that growing three to four X um, in, in, in a short amount of time from, uh, you know, more drilling at, uh, at the last era. And there's also the other targets on the property. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very compelling, because, you know, grade solves a lot of problems, right? <laughs> you know, and if you have grade and width, you, you know, you can screw up a lot of things, you know, you know, it's, it covers a lot of the, uh, when an engineer does this, and they have their contingencies and add 10% here and 20% there, mm -hmm. you have the grade, then that type of conservative, it doesn't hurt so much. If you're right at, right at cutoff, you don't have a lot of room for error, as, I, as you yeah. said. And I do want to point out, people were talking about the last raw zone just because it's the continuation, we feel, of Water Pump Creek. It's a very close-in drilling. It's heading right towards uh, the, near our airstrip and camp. So as we get farther to the south, um, it's a five, 10-minute pickup trick, trip drive. Drill shift change, so that makes it easy. but between uh between here and last draw what and, and i'm sorry i'm sorry to cut you off but zoom is going to kick us off in about 10 or 20 seconds so uh what i'm going to do is i'm going to send you another link and kit uh we were talking about the um potential uh, other targets on the property uh, uh after you you go after the um the last hurrah um, so what does the rest of the package look like as far as the upside for exploration beyond once you reach this critical mass at uh, Water Pup Creek and the last hurrah? Sure. The, uh, the, the first takeaway is I'd, I'd suggest uh, your readers, viewers, um, look at the, uh, the district map, which has been in a number of our past news releases. And the, the key here is the it's all one big system. The original past producing Illinois Creek mine, which was oxide gold silver, we consider that, and Peter McGaw agrees that that's the copper. It is very copper rich, by the way. It's a half a percent copper that doesn't get talked about in the gold resource. Right. Um, that's the copper, gold, silver, higher temperature, probably center of the system. Mm -hmm. Driven by a porphyry somewhere there. But the, the key takeaway is the water, the Illinois Creek fault that is, uh, looks to be the controlling structure in the mine that goes, continues six to eight kilometers to the Northeast. And we believe that is the feeder structure for the whole 18, the 101 meter intercept. That's about where the Illinois Creek fault crosses the North South water pump Creek trend. So that just shows it's a big system by scale. Mm -hmm structure a lot of targets and then just south east of the uh, pit is an area identified by our geophysics last year called the warm springs target that again is sort of a hermosa style uh, larger lower grade target but there's a lot of other things to look at just besides the uh, we think water pump creek last draw is one of peter mcgaw's fingers of mineralization and we're trying to trace it back to the hand in the center so a lot of opportunities. It just takes a, 
a lot of drilling and and drilling costs money. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, so it it seems to me you're getting close to this critical mass of where upon success at last hurrah that the resource or the potential resource will be pushed to an area where it's no longer conceptual as far as it being a mineable resource as far as scale where you're getting into the area where uh, someone like Hecla and, and others would seriously be looking at this sort of project so so what what is your opinion like what type of scale do you think you need to achieve as far as tonnage uh, or uh, I guess ounces would be more appropriate because uh, grade can vary in in, in different tons um what, what what is the scale that, that, that you think you need to achieve to where that this would justify doing the economic studies and all that and we haven't done a pa so we don't have numbers on it but in general looking at comparable deposits and the mid-tier miners if you had uh, and i'll just pick a sort of a threshold number of 120 million ounces of silver equivalent and we'll okay. be doing metallurgy this winter also and we can start talking about silver equivalent but we're not there yet mm -hmm. but that would be uh, a, a 12 a year mine life at 10 million ounces a year silver equivalent production that's a cash flow at 20 dollar silver of 200 million a year so that's yeah. probably the threshold for an economic producer now yeah. you want to get ultimately bigger than that but you need to have a, a target level um i look at the um, hecla's greens creek operation which actually was on the discovery team 40 years ago yeah um, that is a, a great example it's a low footprint actually within mm -hmm. a monument most people don't know mm -hmm. um, and they produce uh, it's been in operation now 30 years so they've scaled up the mill to about 2500 tons a day but i think they started off 1500 2000 and they produce a lead concentrate and a silver and excuse me a zinc concentrate okay that's exactly the profile that water pump creek would produce a lead concentrate that contains the silver right and then a separate zinc concentrate that would be transported via an all-weather road to the yukon river it's about 20 miles to the west and we actually uh, this year completed the third year of a of a detailed civil engineering study plan and profile to pre-feasibility criteria. Yeah. Uh, Recon Engineering Alaska did that. And so we have that sitting on the shelf when we get to that point. So you, you barge, the, uh, barge the concentrate down the river, yeah? It would be uh, stored there seasonally and then deep water barge can come to that site. It's a, the river is about a mile to a mile and a half wide and 40 okay. feet. So it's a oh. real river. Yeah, well, those are important considerations because, uh, you know, I think a lot of investors ignore the fact that even when you find something, if you don't have any, like when you're dealing with base metals, you know, you're dealing with a lot of weight. So it's it's not like uh, not like where you uh, have a gold mine in the middle of nowhere and you could just fly in and load, you know, a thousand or 10,000 ounces onto a plane and off you go. There's, you know, 20, 30 million dollars worth of metal on a plane, whereas, you know, with base metals, you, you know, you need, you, you need rail or barge or port access, you know, because it really factors in the economics, right? So it sounds like that you've had that, 
you have that already worked out upon success of, on how you're going to get your concentrate to market, which is important, or who somebody buys you out, right? It's 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 certainly a a selling point, right? Where where you have that optionality of well, you know, whatever. Thirty miles away, there's a, a river and a deep water barge access to get your concentrate. It's part of the de-risking studies that we've done with yeah. all baseline studies that won't go into now, but. This was a winter road that's been used for 40 years. So the route is in existence. It's been used mm -hmm. to bring in the heavy equipment when the Illinois Creek mine went in production. Yeah. That was you know, oxide gold and a produced doré. And as you mentioned, the, uh, the grocery flight would come in and then they would stick a box with the, uh, with the doré buttons of gold and silver and, yeah. and haul it back to Anchorage. And they actually, uh, I know people that worked there then they, took it to the U.S. Post Office and mailed it to the refiner in New York City because <laughs> U.S. government, that's who uh, you buy the insurance from. So they're a good insurance company. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Also, another thing, you know, getting further down the road here, uh, you know, um, it's it, it's going to be a low CapEx kind of operation because, you, you know, a, a thousand ton a day mill would be sufficient to get things going and, and cash flowing and at these grades, right? You know, like uh, it's it's not like your your grade is like 80 grams per ton. You're talking at, you know, almost 800 grams per ton uh, equivalent. Uh, so, you know, uh, that's, that's going to generate a sufficient uh, uh, quick payback uh, on a mine life that's, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, it's, uh, it all factors in the economics makes it more attractive too, right? That's where I come at it from looking at, I look at the economics and I go, you know, is this something that feasibly someone would want to buy? Or if they put it in production themselves, are they going to be able to manage the capital to do that without diluting the shareholder into oblivion? You know, or some projects you look at their CapEx is $600 million and the company has a market cap of a hundred million. You're like, that's just no way, even with, you know, 70% debt, 30% equity, you're still getting killed. Whereas something like this, you know, I I, I know the ballpark cost of, of, of setting up a, a thousand ton a day mill that's uh, not insurmountable um, uh, for, for a company of your size, you know. Uh, so that that's another advantage there. Yeah, it, that's very true. It's a low CapEx, low environmental footprint. When you have this high grade and then the bad news the knife edge cutoff is great for mining because you you mine very little waste yeah there's not left over tailings can go back underground mm -hmm. tailing storage the 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 flip side of that is it makes it hard to explore because you have knife edge contacts when you're drilling yeah but it be, uh, we don't have numbers yet but let's just say it's 250 million ounce million dollar capex um yeah maybe more than that, we don't have cost estimates now, but if it's yeah. in that ballpark for a thousand ton a day, 1500 ton a day mill, then that's certainly doable. It's not a, not a big deal. And yeah. that, that type of, uh, that could be brought in the deep water barge. We actually have quotes from uh, Bryce Marine yeah. operating out of uh, Pacific Northwest. Actually, Billingham, Washington is where the Alaska Ferry comes from. And that's yeah. where the companies come out of. And yeah. they uh, run up and down the river this time of year, about every seven to 10 days, a smaller river barge will be going up and down past our site. So that's common. That's how everything moves yeah. in uh, part of Western Alaska. Yeah. I, 
what I was impressed with in the last uh, drill, res uh, drill results with the step out, because initially uh, last year, you know, you hit you hit basically right down the feeder. And there's always that worry that once you go off the feeder, that it's going to compress into this very narrow zone, right? Because the fluid's looking for a pathway of least resistance. And sometimes there is no pathway to least resistance. So you just get this cone and then whatever erupted on under the surface has been eroded away millions of years ago. But it was nice to see the, the thick intercepts uh, off of the um, the feeder structure, which which was great, you know. Um, I don't know if you want to add any color to that, but that's that's my perception of it. Yeah, that's it is, and because um, without getting too deep in the geology, the mineralization is located at the top of our dolomite, which is the host rock, yeah. and that's that's capped by a by a schist, which is impermeable. So that yeah. is what's called the aquitard. The fluids come up a structure or go along horizontal and are held in place. Peter McGaw calls it a closed system. Mm -hmm. You don't have loss of mineralization going up, which is now eroded away. Now, yeah. some of it has somewhere, but the uh, the top of mineralization, well, it outcrops at the Water Pump Creek uh, oxide zone. That's the original anaconda discovery. And yeah. then we turn down to the sulfides. Top of sulfides is right at 100 meters. Yeah. And then it's, and it's down to about 300 meters in depth below the surface so and it's a nice uh setup geometry for underground mining so yeah it's i think it all fits together we just need to get more tons yeah economic threshold and then uh and then i'll comb my hair and put on a clean shirt and we'll talk to, <laughs> we'll talk to the producers and see who uh, likes it um so on, on that vein to wrap up then uh so what what is the um i guess the catalyst or or the uh the plans over the next six months uh you know for for the property what what what's next in the near term and then you know near term um we will be um resuming having an additional drilling program we just heard uh, yesterday our contractors will be bringing the we want to bring the same crews back that have been on break mm -hmm. that'll start uh, august 28th 29th okay great hope to uh weather permitting and drill production permitting to get 14 1500 meters of drilling four right. holes in on the depth that'll be in a ring around last draw 2305 okay great that should lay the groundwork for um, hopefully hitting a zone or at least getting a really close vector to mineralization so we can plan a larger program for next year. Right. So the, those results will be one catalyst. Second is we have signed a, a agreement with our resource engineers. So they're on, on board and, and we're in their schedule, most important thing these days. Yeah. That'll be done in the fourth quarter. And then our detailed uh, 3D IP geophysical program, which uh, included about a month ago, the data set um, was a lot larger oh, yeah. and more computing time than anybody imagined. Yeah. That's done in a couple of weeks and then the interpretation starts. So we will have a, a news release dedicated to this 3D program, which will hopefully uh, give us some other targeting. But uh, for those geophysicists in your listening audience, yeah. that'll be good bedtime reading yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that that'll be very exciting because that'll certainly inform uh what potential there is beyond what is already known 
you know, which is great. You also a lot of targeting. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Uh, well, uh, so far everything's coming in as planned, you know, very, very, very successful program. And uh, it sounds like uh, before the end of the year, we'll have some more drill results around the last hurrah and, and uh, potentially a um, legitimate discovery, um, which could be very exciting. Yeah. We're really excited about the potential. We now I'd love to see a, a resource come out so we can talk about it publicly. It's so hard yeah. to have interviews with investors and allude to what we yeah. know. So, yeah. Uh, that'll be great to do. And then, uh, and then we can gear up for, uh, you know, we have the capability. We have three drills on site, another yeah. one purchased that's in Anchorage. So we'll have state-of-the-art equipment ready to go. And, um, uh, that'll be great for the next year but most importantly the next uh, four weeks through december through september we hope to drill up to about october 1st yeah and have some exciting uh, news hopefully coming out in the next few weeks sounds great all right well thanks for your time kid hey well thank you very much for the opportunity doc and it's always a pleasure talking to you you as well i always learn so much thank you okay thank you bye